Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is William Batzelberger. I am the host and founder of the Resilient Masculinity Podcast Movement. Welcome here and welcome back. First of all, I do apologize if there is a humming or a uh, static sound in the audio. I'm trying to cover that up. It is the, uh, the fountain over there. Uh, so I'm sorry, I, it's a beautiful day out, I couldn't not record and I couldn't not be outside. So today is a great day, it is uh, June 3rd, 2022, it is National Donut Day, which means I get a free donut from my apartment complex, so thank you very much to my apartment complex, no they don't sponsor me, uh, actually I pay them way too much, but they give me a free donut every year. So. There is that. They do also provide me with a wonderful view uh, from a third-story apartment balcony. So again, thank you. Uh, we're going to get right into it, gentlemen. Today's topic is going to be heavy, it's going to be uh, contentious, and it's going to be brutal, and that's good. That's We need these conversations. In fact, as men, we are called to be the ones to bring these hard issues to light. We are called... Uh, to be men of action, we are called to be men who take challenges, face them head on, and provide accurate, uh, helpful, and reasonable solutions to them. Uh, the title of today's episode is not clickbaity. I wish it was, but it's not. And that is how abortion has set the stage for mass killings. And this is about a week after the Uvalde Elementary School shooting where you had a scumbag enter school and kill 19 innocent children and two innocent teachers. Um, this is not the first school shooting. Sadly, this will not be the last. I guarantee we're going to see more of this violence, more of this uh, slaughter of innocent human life. And it is my opinion, and I think it's actually shown by data that we're seeing come out, that the reason we see this, the reason that there's an uptick in mass shootings, there's a reason that there's an uptick in the lack of regard for the sanctity of life, is because for the last 50 plus years, uh, with Roe v. Wade, we told society, we told society that a human life was meaningless. The, the Supreme Court decision of Roe v. Wade set in stone, placed for the time, that a woman had the ability to kill her child in the womb. And it didn't mention any reasons specific. And I remember when they used to say it was, you know, rare and for the safety of the mother, and now we have politicians going out and saying actually it's up to we can have it up to nine months that there's bills in state legislatures and even in the congress and federal congress talking about how they want to have abortions to be accessible up to including nine months uh, basically up until you're just about ready to give birth and because of that because we raised a generation or two in the, the cultural idea that a human had the ability 
to dictate the value of another human solely based off of if they were wanted. Solely based off of if someone was able to provide for them. Solely based off of, you know, a mother choosing. You know, we say we choice, right? That she has the choice to terminate a pregnancy or kill her child. We raised at least one generation, if not more, with that as our culture, with that as our understanding of a value or lack of value of a human life. So is it any wonder that we see people shooting up schools? Is it any wonder that we see deranged men driving into crowds? Is it a wonder? When we, when we decided, hey, you know what? God says life is sacred. God says he is the author of life, that he gives it to us, that we're knit together in our mother's wombs. Now, before, before we even were born, before we even formed, God knew everything about our lives. He said it was good. And he said it's something that we should hold sacred. And throughout all of human history, we have seen societies offer child sacrifices, and it's never ended well. Those were always barbaric, brutal, horrible empires and regimes that did that. And now we have a society that has said, disregard life. We have a society that says that life is only valuable if someone else holds it valuable. So is it any wonder that a deranged gunman would go in and shoot children? And it, it struck me so weird. It struck me funny. And not in a funny ha-ha way, but a, a funny, like, an inconsistent way. A month ago, when we were off to New Hampshire for my wife's graduation, that's when news broke of the Supreme Court draft leak that, you know, stated that they were thinking of overturning Roe v. Wade. And there was mass outcry over that. The, the national narrative just a month ago was, we want the right to kill our children. Fast forward three to four weeks later, now we're screaming, a gunman killed our children. Four weeks ago, you wanted the ability to kill them. Four weeks later, a gunman opens fire on them. Is it any wonder? He was taking this ideology, this, this idea that a life is meaningless, and taking it to its logical conclusion. I'm not saying what he did was right. In fact, what he did was horrible, atrocious. He should be dead. He is dead, thank God. I believe any murderer, any rapist, anyone who takes an innocent life should be put to death. That's, I, I think God's law is very clear on that. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You kill a human, you deserve to die. Now, of course, we have first-degree, second-degree murder, stuff like that, you know, involuntary manslaughter, there's, there's degrees. But he went in there fully knowing he was going to kill children. And he got killed for it. And I could say rightfully so. So I, I rejoice that he is no longer able to uh, bring harm to others. I just wish it had been done sooner. But guys, is that not inconsistent? 
there's no inconsistency in his thinking if we raised him with the idea that a human life is meaningless, that that human life has no value. And I've heard, you know, the arguments of, okay, let's take viability outside the womb. Okay, I was born at 26 weeks. I was not viable outside the womb without medical intervention. So was I just not alive then? I don't know. Um, you know, I've heard various stages of conception. Again, I was at, um, or not conception, but gestation. So I do believe, and I believe science even points to it, that uh, life begins at conception, at fertilization of that egg, right? A sperm and an egg meet together, right? The sperm fertilizes the egg and forms what we call a zygote, which then, I think it's after eight weeks, we call it an embryo. And then afterwards, we usually often use the word fetus, which is honestly just Latin for offspring. Uh, you know, any Latin, you know, you take your, your root languages, uh, Greek and Latin, you should know that. Um, but I believe science also dictates to that as well. And even if not, we do have the Bible that says uh, God created life. So, but even before, even without that as, as a text to base it off of, I believe science goes into that as well. But there's no inconsistency, gentlemen, in the thinking of if life is not valuable inside the womb, then why it should be valued outside the womb. And this is why I think and this is why in the title of this episode I don't haven't quite landed on it, but it's going to basically say abortion led to mass shootings. And if you look at this at the statistical data, mass shootings like this had not happened prior to revealing on a large scale. You, if you look at the timeline of pre-Roe v. Wade mass shootings and post-Roe v. Wade mass shootings. And I'm going to add an addition to mass shootings because it's not just guns. Okay, I, I don't believe that either. Um, let's say mass killings. Okay, because you have Boston bombing. Uh, thank goodness not a lot of casualties, um, well, not a lot of fatalities. There are only three fatalities. There are 200-some casualties, some that many wounded, but not very many deaths. They use pressure cookers, of which I grew up around pressure cookers, okay? My mom used them a lot for canning. Uh, they didn't outlaw those. Okay, we... Uh, anyone can technically make a pipe bomb. They're really easy to make. I'm sorry, it's true. Basically, you compress a charge into a small place and make it where there's no other place for that charge to go except for everywhere. Okay, it's, it's physics. Anyone who takes a high school physics course should, by the end, understand enough basic physics, which is how the world works, to be able to configure stuff out, okay? I'm not giving you plans. I'm just saying it doesn't take genius to make these things, okay? If you're gonna kill people, you're gonna kill people. You're gonna ram cars into crowds like like you had that one man uh, last year over Christmas, in the Christmas parade. You're gonna use pressure cookers, you're gonna use guns, you're gonna use whatever means necessary because you don't value life. And we raised a generation that doesn't value life. 
add to that narratives of white supremacy or black supremacy or racial tension, add to that the COVID measures and you know, having two years of masks and various other uh, means of desensitizing us to the world around us. Uh, polarization between masks and not masks, vaccines and non-vaccines, vaccines, are, uh, you know, right versus left, conservative, liberal, Christian, non-Christian, you add all those polarizations. Do you really, do you really think we're going to see less mask killings? Do you really think anything's going to change for the better? Gentlemen, this is our job. This is why I'm bringing this up. Is it's our job to protect people. You know, we believe that men provide safety, stability, and service. First and foremost in that is safety. Providing safety for yourself, for your family, for your businesses, churches, and your community. Second, that is stability. And neither of those are here when we have the lack of value of life and the lack of common ties that would unite us, whether it's American. No, 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 I don't hear very many people talk about being American anymore. It's, well, I'm you know, white, black, Latino, uh, you know, liberal, conservative, whatever. What, what, when did that happen? Because we became so polarized. And again, when we decided to dehumanize each other and say that we don't have value outside of what someone else holds us as valuable, again, is it any wonder? So gentlemen, you want to end this? Here's three ways to end mass killings. And I'll, I'll say this is, I'd say specific to the United States, because we do, we do see this specifically in the United States. But I will say this is just a, a general as well. Obviously, if it works here, it may work other places, it may not. But here are the three ways you can take, here's three steps you can take to ensure that we have less mass killings going forward. One, value human life. Value human life. If a bald eagle egg has more protection than a human being inside the womb, something's wrong. And look that up, we actually do. We have more protections on bald eagle eggs than we do human life inside the room. So that, so rule number one, step number one is value human life. And abortion, it's that simple. And the killing of innocent human beings inside the room. Overturn Roe v. Wade, or if the Supreme Court doesn't, have your state. Okay, we've seen states like uh, Texas and Oklahoma, I believe Alabama or Arkansas, one of those two states had a, had a pretty uh, strict bill on the docket. I don't believe it passed, but I believe it was on the docket at least. Okay, write to your representative, write to your senator and let them know that you value life and that you believe as, as a calling of all men is to be protectors. We must protect our women and our children, including our children inside the womb. So one, end abortion, value human life. Two, be a protector, have the means to protect people, get stronger, get better with firearms, get better with knockers. 
You know how to get out of bad situations, do that. You know, the best fight is not to get in a fight to begin with. I worked security, both armed and unarmed, for over a year and a half. I can tell you there were only two instances that I almost got into altercations. Um, never once did I have to deploy a weapon. I almost had to get in a fist fight, but thank goodness I had some de-escalation uh, still, you know, available, and I was able to de-escalate. But gentlemen, know how to fight, know how to win, know how to keep people safe, whether that's with guns, knives, cars, getting out of, you know, getting out of Dodge, do that. Be a protector. And step three is to band together with like-minded men. Band together. We're not just singular entities out here, right? And I, I mean, I understand I'm sitting out here. I've only really, on my podcast, I've only had myself. I've been a guest on other people's podcasts, and I'm trying to get the the structure and infrastructure set up to have multiple people on uh, this podcast. It's just taken a very long time. But band together with other men. Start a small group. Start a, uh, you know, a men's business group. Start a men's you know, church Bible study. Start a men's group at work. Clean out with the guys after work. Go, go to the bowling alley and have fun. You know, Band together with like-minded men. Or men that you will disagree with, and become friends. Again, band together. We're not in this alone. And as men, we're called to be men, not just for our families, but including our communities, including our businesses, including our churches. So your three steps are to, one, value life, two, become a better protector, and three, band together with like-minded men we do those three things, then gentlemen, I guarantee you, we will see less mass killings in the future, both here in the States and abroad. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful to you. If you liked this or were encouraged by it or challenged by it, please drop a like, comment, subscribe. Thank you very much. And until next time, take action, become the men you are called to be.